So here I am, writing the life and times of crazy Philadelphia Eddie. And I ain't left New York yet. I've still got another two years in New York and another year just wandering around before I end up in Philly. Many stories to tell. I'll probably have to make two books out of this. Okay, here it is, January. I'm going to take a guess at the year 1960. I never paid attention to years. Whenever I told stories to somebody, they would ask me, what year was that? I never knew. But I'm going to guess it's 1960, probably January. I arrived back in New York from Copenhagen. Nothing happening down Coney Island in January and February. So I take a few days to recuperate, rest up, and then I go down to Manhattan to see what's happening in Times Square. I go to Dominic's shop. Dominic wasn't around. He, he was tired of tattooing and hanging around. Dominic was never one to stay in one place. He liked to roam. He was a traveling man. But he had his stepfather in there <clears throat> collecting the money and managing the place. And Do Dominic gave strict orders. No, no longer would he pay his workers 50%. He had that down to 30%, sometimes 20%. Just getting everybody disgusted with him. <clears throat> Tony the Pirate was working there when I got there. Tony the Pirate made a deal with the stepfather. <laughs> we do these tattoos. We don't mark them down. He says, I'll take some of the money. You take some of the money. And we won't tell Dominic. That way we'll get a, a fair salary. Dominic had a, a young guy from Canada working there named Tony Danessa. Tony got disgusted not getting paid and opened right around the corner on 48th Street. Tony the Pirate said to me, Eddie, I was going to open that place that Tony Danessa opened. He said, the rent wasn't bad. He said, I was going to open that place myself. He says, now I ain't got enough money. He said, I've got some money, but there's a place for rent on the next block on 8th Avenue between 48th and 47th. Used to be a produce stand. It was a big, big store. He says, come on, Eddie, go partners with me. We'll open that place. We'll put a lot of boots in like the health department wants us to now. He says, we can get a bunch of guys to work in there. He says, we'll do very good there. Come on, help me out. I don't have enough money to do it myself. So me and Tony, we do that. We rent this big place. We got carpenters. We got plumbers. We were fixing the place up very nice. It was running us quite a bit of money. And we were getting a little worried about how much money we were spending in this place. The health department came by one night at Dominic's shop. Dominic had his autoclave in the window with a piece of cellophane over it. Looked very nice in the window, very pretty looking piece of equipment. But the health department noticed the dust on, on this piece of plastic that was covering it. They said, these people ain't using that sterilizer. 
And they asked Dominic's father to take it out of the window and show them that it works. Dominic's father didn't know how to work it. He looked very bewildered and scared. Me and Tony stepped in. We, we showed the health department that it worked. They said, with all this dust on it, you ain't using it. It's just there for show, we can tell that. We don't like this. And they wanted samples of the ink to see if Dominic was changing the ink or not. So they took samples of all the ink. Me, me and Tony continued working on our shop. It was now becoming spring. I was taking trips down to Coney Island to get my place ready. One day I was down there for a few days. When I got back to Manhattan, Tony the pirate says, I sold our place to the Colantuno brothers. I said, what the hell did you do that for? He says, well, it was running us a lot of money. He says, I don't think we're going to last too long. The health department was very angry. They said, we can't use this red ink anymore. It contained mercury in it. I said, of course it does. It's mercuric oxide. That's the name of the pigment. They said, well, you can't use it anymore. And the health department wrote down the name of the pigment that they wanted us to use in place of it. It was called Cagnium Red. So we all bought some of this Cagnium Red from Fernandi and Sparrow, and we started using it. Now the mercuric oxide, the old red, it would swell up on a few people, maybe one in 5,000 people, and they're getting the sun with this Cagnium Red, with this mercuric oxide red in their skin, it would puff up an itch. But it was very few and far between. Now with the cagnium red, it swelled up and puffed up on everybody. It was terrible. Now Stanley and Walter had each tattooed each other with it, and their arms swelled up, and Stanley was very angry. Meanwhile, the Colantuno brothers bought this new place from Tony the Pirate and myself. And we were in there washing them rocking. Me and Jimmy went over to the Peppermint Lounge where Joey D was teaching us how to do the twist. We used to drink in there quite a bit. We had good times in there. But again, a barroom fight broke out. We were all thrown out and told not to come back. I had enough of Manhattan. In the next two years, though, I would take many side trips to visit other tattoo artists that I used to see the work of. All the way down as far as Miami, we would travel in every direction we traveled. One day in Coney Island, this young fella that I mentioned before, Tommy Yeomans, from New London, Connecticut, came down to visit me. Seemed that Dracula had moved up to his town and opened a tattoo place and was harassing this guy, Tommy, and his girl. Tommy came down looking for help. I brought Tommy down to meet Coney Island Freddy, who, who was very angry at Dracula from when Dracula lived in his mother's rooming house. When Dracula was living in Freddy's mother-in-law's rooming house, I went over there one day and Freddy said, come here, I want to show you where this Dracula sleeps. 
<laughs> he took me into Dracula's room where Dracula had removed the bed and he had a coffin set up on two sawhorses. Sawhorses are what a carpenter uses to put his lumber on to cut it. So Dracula had this coffin set up there. He says, this is where the son of a bitch sleeps in the coffin. He says, he's always dressing up in these weird costumes. He's scaring the shit out of my wife and my little boy. He says, I want him the fuck out of here. So Freddy tells Tommy Omen not to let this guy Dracula worry him. That he'll take a ride up there and have a talk with him. So Freddy says, come on, take a ride with me. I says, all right, Tony the pirate here's we're going. He wanted to take a ride to meet a couple of tattooers up that way from Providence and Newport, Rhode Island. A man named Fred Day, another man named Sailor West, and Brooklyn's, Brooklyn Blackie's old friend, Sailor Don. So the three of us set out to go up to New London. Brooklyn Blackie tells us be sure to say hello to his old friend, Sailor Don. We go to New London, and Freddy has it out with Dracula, and Dracula says he won't bother the kid anymore. So now we decide we're going to take a ride to Providence, Rhode Island, and visit with Sailor Don. <laughs> Me, Tony, and Freddy, we get there, it's Four or five o'clock in the morning. Nothing's open. We're looking for a diner to get some breakfast, some coffee. And we're looking in Sailor Don's window of his tattoo shop. Sailor Don was doing very well in Providence, Rhode Island. He had a tattoo shop. He had a gun shop. He had a small house. He was doing very well. We're standing there looking in the tattoo shop window. A police car pulls up, says, what are you guys doing here? We said, well, we came to visit the tattoo man, and we're just, just looking for a place to get something to eat. The cop says, okay, get in the car, you're under arrest. We said, for what? He says, for vagrancy, get in the car. So he takes us down to the police station, puts us in a holding cell, and calls Sailor Don. Sailor Don comes down and says, how you doing, guys? What are you doing in town? So we explained to him why we were there. And that Blackie said to say hello. He said, you guys ain't here to open up, are you? We said, no. So Sailor Don says to the police, okay, let him go. That's how Sailor Don, the pull he had in that town. We now go to Sailor Don's shop where he had a young fella was a sign painter in town, learning the tattoo. His name was Buddy Mott, who later became quite a good tattoo artist himself. I visited every tattoo artist within a two days ride of New York. I was collecting business cards, and I had met quite a few tattoo artists. Now, one day in visiting Stanley and Walter back on the Bowery, Walter informed me that his brother Stanley had knocked out the health man. I said, what? Jesus Christ. He said, yeah. He said, you know that cadmium red? It popped up on both me and Stanley. He said, you know my brother. 
My brother punched the health man, knocked him right the fuck out. He says, he picked him up and said, listen, you just got one punch. He says, look at my arm. He says, this red, it swells up, itches, most annoying. He says, I tattooed a hundred people with this fucking red that you suggested. I'm going to get hit a hundred times. You only got hit once. Now, if you want to write me up, go ahead. Now the health department started coming around a lot more frequent. Everybody was getting written up for one reason or another. That is everybody except Coney Island Freddy and myself. We were lucky. We just never got caught doing anything wrong so far. But with so many tattoo shops opening up around New York, in New York, the health department was getting upset. They wanted to put a stop to this tattooing. So in the next days to follow, the summer of 1961, the health department informed us that they were going to pass a ban against tattooing at the end of 1961. And as, as of such and such a date, tattooing would be illegal in the city of New York. What a devastating blow that was. Here's where I, all my life I was so far fighting to keep my existence in this tattoo game. And this is something I loved and wanted to do for the rest of my life. And here it was being taken away from me yet again. Tony the pirate said to the health man, I don't care if you close up New York. I'm going right across the river to New Jersey where I'm from, and I'm going to tattoo in Newark. <clears throat> that only infuriated the health department. They contacted Newark and many towns around in New Jersey. They contacted states. They went to Pennsylvania, they went to Massachusetts, they went to Connecticut. They were going to do a job on getting this tattooing outlawed as far as they could. Dominic went on the road again with the carnivals. Henry Dinesa moved to Canada. Stanley and Walter from the Bowery moved out to Nassau County, Long Island, where it was still legal, and opened a place and did very well for another dozen years or so, 20 years maybe, who knows. Coney Island Freddy moved down to Brighton Beach where he lived in a gated community. He would drive down to Coney Island, short run, pick up customers outside his place. He kept his place and the signs lit and drive them to Brighton Beach and tattooed them. In order to get into Brighton Beach, you had to go through a security gate and you had to say who you were going to visit so Freddie would never get busted. The security guys would call him and say, somebody's coming. And Freddie was doing very well there. Brooklyn Blackie retired and moved upstate New York to a town called Catskill that Blackie talked of often. He wanted to live in the country. His brothers, the Greco brothers, they moved up around the Catskills as well. They opened a small tattoo shop up there. The Colantuno brothers moved back into downtown Brooklyn and did a little tattooing on the 
on the underground back in their mother's candy store. I, I, I was going to go. I had heard for years through all the tattoos that in Chicago, the syndicate would always have a place for you to tattoo on State Street by the Great Lakes Training Center, big Navy base. So I called up this guy, his name was Louis Argo in Chicago, and told him I'd like to come out there and work. He said, okay. He says, I'll keep a spot open for you. When do you expect to be here? I said, well, not until <clears throat> after Christmas, maybe in the beginning of January sometime. Now Coney Island Freddy and his mother-in-law come to me and they say they have a lawyer who thinks he can win this case and get us back open in New York. So I go to a meeting with them and this lawyer <coughs> and the lawyer explained everybody in New York tattooing had gotten written up on a violation of some sort except for Freddie and myself. And he would probably be better off just representing the two of us rather than the whole group. It was very expensive and I wish Freddie was still alive so I could ask him how much that lawyer cost us because I can't remember, but I know it was very expensive. Anyway, we paid the lawyer the money and he went to work on the case. The case took a couple of years before it comes into court. In the meantime, I do some traveling, and I'll tell you all about them stories in the next chapter.